Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, Independent Thought listeners. I am your host, Desmond Price, and I am here once again with Christopher Tracy. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing good, D. How about you? Good, good. We are here today to talk about an ongoing argument in the 2020 election cycle, the idea of capitalism versus socialism. You know, Chris, you and I were just having a conversation about this off air uh, not too long ago, just some of the ongoing kind of like debates we're hearing in the media about capitalism and socialism. From your perspective, what do you what have you been hearing in the media that's got you troubled about all this? Well, you know, it just it's people making it out to seem that we have to have one or the other. That like both of them like can either be classified as only good or bad. Like there can't be any kind of middle ground. And I just think that that's completely false. And right. so does so does a good amount of the first world. Right. Now it's it's pretty obvious to I think to people who are paying attention to politics that like our country has a combination of capitalistic and socialistic entities already built into it. Now, do you think that the media doesn't do a good enough job of kind of like explaining that to people? No, they really don't. And I think that also falls on our education system too. Right. Cause I mean, one of the things that I always want to point out to people, cause I, you know, the, one of the reoccurring arguments that you hear is like, Oh, well, the Democrats are a bunch of socialists. And they're just trying to add socialism to America and this, that, and the other. I also want to explain to people that we already have several elements of socialism baked into our economy as currently constructed, but people don't seem to realize that. No, they don't. And, you know, like I said, that is, I think, I think that's intentional on the part of the media, you know, to keep people at each other's throats. And I think that also the educational system didn't want people to know that. Right. Just for some people at home who might not know what we're talking about, um, for instance, the police are a product of socialism as our taxpayers fund them. And so are the fire departments. And I'm being, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a dick right now. But it's also the reason why you don't have to bring your own road somewhere when you drive somewhere. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, the staunchest defenders of, you know, capitalism and the free market say, all that stuff should be privatized. But then there's some of them that are okay with the military and the police, but the roads, they don't care. Right. And those are really the people that, like, I really try and challenge. The people that, you know, fully believe in full privatization, not too much challenging I can do with them. You know, their views are consistent, even though I disagree. But the views are consistent. Yeah, I don't understand why you would want to bring your own road somewhere. I just don't, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that people are actually going to want to go pave their own roads and then have their own private roads everywhere. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's also not going to happen that if your house catches on fire, that you would, you know, be wanting to put it out yourself. I'm sure people are thankful that the fire department exists. So. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, what if we had to catch our own criminals and bring them to court to be prosecuted? Or, you know, if everyone had to homeschool their children. Yeah. Just these things that we take for granted. So it's just 
the understanding that socialism has always been a factor in our country from the beginning. Even the idea of a military is a socialist idea because we don't have a bunch of private militias running around or a bunch of private bodyguards, so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, there's people out there that believe in that as as crazy as I think it is. They're consistent. And I don't really feel like, you know, I can really argue down their positions. But there are some people like where you or I like a particular policy. We're called on it as being you know, lovers of big government, lovers of socialism. But then when they like some kind of policy where it's going to give the government more power and take more money from the citizens, then, oh, we're just being loyal, patriotic Americans. And that's just something that I'm getting tired of. No, there is not a whole lot of consistency on it. I mean, I feel like people on the right, they love the military and there's nothing wrong with that, but they're willing to give a blank check to the military and basically say, spend whatever you want. We don't care if anyone questions you, then they don't support the troops. So what they're basically trying to say is we'll give you unlimited sums of our taxpayer money to do whatever you want with it without any questions whatsoever. If that's not the biggest socialist handout, I don't know what is. I feel like the United States military does more socialism by one o'clock in the afternoon than Venezuela does all year. <laughs> I feel like that's putting it really, really good. But, you know, at the same time, we flip that and the Democrats, all right, let's give a blank check to a lot of these poor and underserved people and communities here in the United States. That's socialism. That is socialism. The question really then becomes, you know, what exactly do we want our taxpayer dollars to go to? And I think that's really where the conversation should be centered around. It shouldn't be a matter of fact of whether or not socialism is a good idea. I think socialism has existed in our country, and I think it's a good idea to a degree. The only question is how much of it and where. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And who, who are going to be the benefactors of it? That's right. another big thing. Exactly. So, I, you know, it, it really just... It upsets me when I hear like these blanket attacks. Like I had someone on Instagram today try to challenge the idea that Bernie Sanders was a communist because communism and socialism are the exact same thing. But I just tried to explain to this person that what Bernie Sanders is, you know, largely advocating for is socialized health care, which already exists in over a dozen countries in the world, including like many of our allies, like the UK and France and Germany and Ireland and Israel. So it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me that you would say that he's a communist when these things already exist in other countries that you obviously don't, that you wouldn't associate with communism. You wouldn't associate Israel with communism, but they have free health care. Yeah. And you know what? D, I mean, you just got something going. Like, I can feel like I can raise some really, really good points. You know what? I share people's concern about, you know, a massive government oversight of healthcare. I do, because, you know, it's prone to mismanagement. But at the same time, if we're being fair and we're being consistent, it's just like, yet these conservative people who are typically against this continue to vote to give the government the power to fully run the military. And there's absolute proof of mismanagement there, but nobody seems to have any problem with that. I, I mean, and I with agree. the whole national security complex, period, we set up, we allow this government, we voted them more power and more money after 9-11 to set up a Department of Homeland Security when something like that should have been there in the first place. And clearly, clearly it was, and it didn't stop the events of 9-11. So there's already proven mismanagement in national security, but a lot of these conservatives don't see anything wrong with giving government more money and more uh, power to, you know, do national security stuff. And it's just, it's nuts to me. 
It is. I, I also agree with you. And for those of you who have heard my thoughts previously on my Medicare for All episode, you'll remember that at the end of the episode, I did question whether or not, not whether or not that Medicare for All, you know, like um, was being reported on correctly, because I spent about a half an hour talking about the fact that I thought that the media was terribly just fear mongering when it came to Medicare for All. But rather what I said at the end of the episode was I was skeptical about its application. So I am not sure about whether or not our country can, you know, readily apply this system to America. I just don't know if we are, as our, if our government's actually capable of laying this out, not because it can't be done in other places, but our government doesn't have a great track record of implementing large programs. So I'm just a little skeptical of that. But in theory, it can work. But, you know, that, that's, you know, those, like you said, we have other programs that have been tried by our government that just aren't really, you know, laid out well. There's not a whole lot of oversight there. And there's a lot of corruption there. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier with the Department of Homeland Security, that thing has been a problem since its inception. Yes. So for the people listening at home, you know, the argument in my opinion, really shouldn't be about whether or not this is a capitalism versus socialism thing. Our economy has always been a combination of capitalism and socialism. The question should really be along the lines of whether or not we should put our tax dollars towards universal health care or not. I mean, I, I think it's a fair debate, but I feel like the fear mongering around the word socialism is just that fear mongering. Agreed. And you know what? D, another popular thing right now is, you know, people like, you know, want to hark back to the fifties, the good old days when the working class was strong, but people forget they didn't do that. The working class didn't get there by rugged capitalism. It got there through a mixture of both capitalism and socialism. They did. They did. It's something that, you know, like you would see a lot, especially like after world war two, you know, when people were coming home, from the war and they were getting lots of like essentially like grants and they were getting like that like subsidized housing you know all of that is you know elements of socialism anything that's subsidized is a socialist product and everybody paid their fair share in taxes and that was the way our country ran until the reagan administration when tax cuts for the rich became this big thing and became forever ingrained in our national policy Right. It was under Eisenhower's administration, the last, not only a Republican, but the last, like, general to be a president of the United States who had a, what was it, a, a tax? What exactly was the tax? It was like a 90% like, like wealth tax? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, he was pretty rigid on taxes and, like, he wouldn't fit in today's GOP because he believed in taxation. Or at least fair taxation. Fair taxation, yes. I believe it was like considered – I don't know exactly what the term was, but it was if you were making over like $10 million a year, then you were getting your wealth taxed up to 90%. Yeah. And, but like – and it's just funny that you know Bernie talks about you know fair taxes on the rich, and he's called a socialist, a liberal, a commie, anti-American. But nobody wants to call Eisenhower any of that, and Eisenhower believed in the Department of Education as well. He did. He believed in Social Security. He believed in, uh, I think he believed in Medicare, too. Yeah, well, Medicare was implemented shortly after that. I believe it was actually, um, it was Johnson who had it uh, 
who had it laid out in 1965, but being constructed by Kennedy in the in the early 60s before he passed away. Exactly, and I want to uh, one other thing. I think he believed in D. Um, hold up. Uh, oh yeah, Eisenhower believed in subsidies for farmers. Not a terrible thing. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, honestly, like I was saying earlier, I don't believe that subsidies should necessarily not exist. I think that subsidies should definitely exist. It's just, you know, it's a matter of where these things go. Like, I don't want subsidies going to fossil fuel, you know, companies. I don't think we should be subsidizing companies that are going to be destroying the planet. You know what? And that's the thing, D. And like, I don't completely view subsidies as a bad thing either. Like, oh, people are like, oh, well, it's just free money. Well, like, yeah, but you know what? We're making an investment in a certain thing or an idea. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We all do it. Exactly. We just spent this last 12 minutes talking about it, how, you know, whether or not it was a good idea to make an investment into healthcare. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's just all about application. So the question that I'm going to leave, you know, like you with here as we end this segment is how do you think that this is going to affect the 2020 election? I think it's going to be a huge part of the 2020 election, and we're going to be talking about capitalism versus socialism in the next decade like we never have, especially with automation coming into because automation changes the picture completely. But yeah, no, I think uh, for Trump, that's going to be one of his best cards he can play is just link Democrats as much as possible to socialism and government overreach. Exactly. I think you're going to hear nothing but Trump calling whoever de- the Democratic nominee is a socialist over and over and over and over again from now. He's going to wear it out, D. He's going to wear out the tape deck. Until the, from the first week of November, you're going to hear that over and over again. So the question I have for all of you at home is, are you going to be susceptible to that level of repetition? Or will you understand that the Republicans are just basically trying to fear monger their way into another win versus trying to create a logical explanation about why those programs should not be in place? Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at Betty'sDivine.com. thought listeners has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side well then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode bathing beauties beads is a full service bead shop in the heart of downtown missoula whether it's seed beads semi-precious stones vintage beads or just materials to make a project they have something for every person and every price range not from missoula don't worry they have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you Whether you're a beginner or a pro, 
They'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from break. To finish off this episode, I just wanted to give my quick thoughts about this whole capitalism, socialism conversation that's constantly been in the media recently. Now, I have gone out of my way to recruit people at random to listen to this podcast. Um, Some of you have come from Twitter, and I have blown up your DMs and asked you to check out my podcast. Some of you from Instagram, I have blown up your DMs and asked you to check out my podcast. So I'm not really sure who's listening to this episode right now. I'm not sure if you, what side of the political spectrum you fall on or who you support, who you do not support. I'm making a blanket statement to everyone who's listening out there and just telling you what I think about this conversation. I think that this conversation about capitalism versus socialism is basically just a distraction. Because at the end of the day, no Democrat is legitimately trying to convert the United States into a socialist state. The question really becomes, how exactly are we going to use our tax dollars? And with this issue, like many other issues that I cover on this podcast, I think it's important to cut through the bullshit and to just talk plainly about what these issues really boil down to. When we watch the news, the news would like to tell us that people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are radicals who want to do bold things that just can't be done. But they never tell you why they're bold or why they can't be done. Bernie Sanders, for instance, and Elizabeth Warren have advocated for Medicare for All. Medicare for All is a single-payer health care system where the government provides health care for all the residents of the country. That is not a radical idea. That is done in 18 countries currently. It's just to name a few. It's done in the UK. It's done in Switzerland, Slovenia, the Netherlands, Norway, Finland, France, Germany, Australia. I mean, there is so many nations right now. Ireland, Israel, who currently have this system. These aren't third world countries. These aren't communism states. These are our allies. These are countries that we're constantly talking about who are our friends, who we go to for help with other countries who are problems, who go to war with us. These are people that we talk to when we go to the UN, when we go to the G7 summits. To say that these are radical ideas would be to call those countries radical. And we don't call them radical, we call them our friends. And if these countries were such giant failure, I'm sorry, if these programs were such radical and so like designed to fail and they were just like not designed to succeed, then why is close to 20 countries 
in, de in the developed first world have them, adopted them, continue to use them, and they work effectively. That doesn't sound radical to me. That sounds like the norm. If those countries can use systems like that, then how exactly would it be crazy to think that we could do the same? And the last time I checked, the UK actually has a stronger form of currency than the United States does. So the argument that implementing that would weaken our economy is also just nonsense. The idea that it would make it harder for businesses to operate is nonsense. Unions are stronger over in the, Euro in the European Union than they are here. So to say that they would weaken unions is nonsense. At the end of the day, there is hundreds of millions of dollars at stake in the United States over these privatized businesses as they currently stand, whether it be these for-profit colleges or whether it is our current healthcare system. And it's not surprising that they're using every dollar of influence they have to try to scare people into thinking that these programs that they that these progressive candidates want to you know establish here in America are some sort of threat. They they are not. Okay? Socialism is a part of our current system. Our firefighters are an element of socialism, so are our police, so is the military, so is the mail system, so is infrastructure. Building roads and bridges and tunnels. It's just, it's, it's a non-argument. I can understand that people want to talk about where do our tax dollars go. That's obviously a cause for concern. I share that cause for concern, but... In this particular issue, I just do not believe that we can sit here and claim that if we do one more thing where the government is in control, that all of a sudden our entire country is going to erode into some socialist state. And I heard Chris Matthews talking about he believed that if Bernie Sanders got elected that people would be executed in the streets. What kind of nonsense is that? I, I just, I, I cannot understand the hysteria. Let's debate policies, not try to install fear into people. Let's talk about the legitimate reasons why things will work or will not work. Not try to use the scary word of socialism to tell people that, you know, like, you can't win because you're this word. But let's break down what these words mean. Let's talk about what the policies actually are. Let's talk about where they come from. Let's ask each other, are these policies working in other countries? Are they being implemented in other countries? What is the success rate? Can it work here? Instead of trying to you know, tell each other that these ideas are too bold, let's ask each other, why are they being called bold in the first place? And is that actually true? All I'm trying to say, everyone, is that I believe that the media takes advantage of the fact that they know that most people don't spend that much time looking into these matters. And I feel as though if you really want to make an educated decision when you go to the ballot box, please do yourself a favor and spend a couple minutes just going through these positions online, doing your own research, 
definitely checking out some different news sources besides the mainstream media, besides CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Definitely just give yourself a couple minutes out of your week and just try to find some different pieces of information on these topics because they are incredibly important to understand that there are plenty of people out there that are trying to do their best to spread disinformation in order to get you to make decisions against your best interest. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.